This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. Pre-season is here. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com, and joining me to discuss the opening, I think it's the official opening of the 2023-24 season, Mr. Chris Bird, Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome. Hello, sir. You well? Hello. Hello. Wait for Phil to come in before you ask me how I am. He, he counts as well. He how are is you, among, Phil? He is amongst us. I'm all right. You sure? <laughs> you don't sound it. Jesus Christ, Phil. Conviction. <laughs> this is 2023-24 season. We're no more like hiding in the corner, Phil Shaw. You're, you, we're pushing you out front and center. Now, now we've sorted out your microphone and, and the dodgy USB port you were using. Well, we'll wait to the end to see if it's sorted out or not. <laughs> <laughs> Just finished watching, well, watch Wimbledon today. It was a titanic battle. Always good to have a final that kind of lives up to the proposition. Yeah. It was very good. I've never screamed at the screen so many times. Stop doing drop shots. <laughs> well, who who were you supporting? Alcaraz, obviously. Yeah, I think uh, Djokovic was a bit pissed off that Wimbledon has turned against him. Well, obviously, when when he smashed his racket on the uh, the net post. Sorry, Chris, we diverted to Shaw. I saw that you'd been. It's it's like a parallel universe. This you'd been playing percussion for what's his name? Glockenspiel, man. What got got Quan? <laughs> Gok Kwan, yeah. Gok Kwan, yeah. I, I was playing a festival in Nottingham and for Moose Tea, for those who remember Moose Tea from back in the day. And uh, the promoter said, right, get on stage. You're playing for Gok Kwan as well in 45 minutes, please. I'm like, oh, okay. And Gok Kwan, I mean, I don't watch much TV, but he, he was, was he like a makeover chest? Yeah, uh, stylish, wasn't he? Stylish. Yeah. Stylish that then was on all, well, he became yeah. like a household name, basically. And he was selling his range of glasses and everything. Yep. And is he any good at DJing? He's actually pretty good. Because he's got a strange crowd, though, hasn't he? It's like a real mainstream secretaries type. Kind of, yeah. It's just, yeah. (laughs) But it's no no disrespect. He pulls the numbers in. (laughs) In the bums on seats game, he's definitely winning. Did you get any uh, extra glockenspiel in a brown paper envelope uh, (laughs) when when you had to do an impromptu? (laughs) I couldn't possibly comment, but no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. That's why uh, you ended up at the best, Scott. <laughs> mm. 
But anyway, coming up in the show, we will go through all the villain news. There's been a few bits and pieces of interest. Before we go into the three points, which includes Luton stalling the Premier League. Uh, also, interesting dust-up between Ireland and Colombia, as well as the uh, the oldest playing footballer. Before we get into a look at the preseason picture, uh, the Warsaw game in particular, and what we can actually uh, draw from that, before going into the latest developments in terms of uh, the transfer picture. Oh, while it's fresh in my mind, let's just have a quick Emery's clipboard. Ooh. Ooh. Doing it at the start, not in the reverse. This isn't like a proper... I mean, Emery's clipboard is a broad title. It's just an excuse to play that little Spanish jingle, really, in this, in this case. <laughs> We've missed it. But I was looking, uh, I was looking into something uh, earlier on in the day, and I had the 10 players that had played the most games in the Premier League era, and uh, of the top 10, four of them had played for Aston Villa. Who were the four? Gareth Barry. Milner. Correct. James Milner. Correct. Ooh. Mm. Ashley Young. Nope. Brad Friedel. Nope. Long careers. Do you need help? Yeah. Peter Peter Schmeigel. Nope. Both of these players uh, played for Liverpool at one stage in their career. Okay, listeners have already got this. My mind's gone blank. Put you boys to shame. Go on. David James and Emil Heskey. Emil Heskey. Ooh. Yeah, two fairly forgettable Villa players, let's be honest. Time for some news. Shall we go... for, there was there was two selfie-taking incidents this weekend. One was at the Bescott involving Douglas Louise. The other one was Tour de France, wasn't it? Yeah, the one the Douglas Louise one didn't seem to cause as much damage, though, did it? No. <laughs> no, I haven't, I haven't seen the Tour de France one. What happened? Well, a spectator taking a selfie caused a crash. There was about 20 of them. I think it was stage 15 today. They're up in the mountains. Wow. And just uh, one of the writers, uh, Sepp Kuss, had his handlebars knocked by a fan holding out a phone. Dickhead. I blame social media. It's, uh, they've Idiots. Got to, they've got to ban social media and these selfie-seeking freaks. Right, time for some villain news. Since last we spoke, the club have confirmed the signing of Pau Torres. Phil Shaw's very happy about that. Alma? <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> uh, I, not. I th- I, more at this stage, a, a show of strength in terms of squad, I would yeah. say. But there's an overall arc of Emery bigger picture about this, isn't there? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's a good yeah. player. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's undoubtedly. But the thing is, where does he fit in in terms of who's going to have to make way for him? Indeed. That's the interesting conundrum, and this is why it's going to be no real clues uh, at the Bescot, for example. I'll call it the Bescot because I don't want to mention the word that begins with P on this podcast and b- drag it down. There's some of the some of the ads on here already drag it down enough. <laughs> But uh, signs sealed and delivered. Now we're just waiting for the next name. And and I think Villa will try to push this before they get on the plane to America because that is that trip, even though it's Premier League, marketing, super series, whatever you want to call it, summer series, it is ostensibly the summer camp for the team. So big part of, as well as Torres' integration, will be 
the I would say right hand side forward for you know unless you want to say right hand side midfielder you know winger call it what you want the Musa Diaby if it, is it happening we don't know at this stage I don't know it, it just seems shady on Bayerleverkusen's uh, part because they seem to be valuing him way too high in my opinion. I think they're, they're hoping that the Saudi kind of inflation just can drive the price way beyond what they actually know he's worth. And the basis of my suspicion is suddenly it's like, well, Newcastle don't seem to be bothered about him anymore. And they were hot for him uh, this time last year. Napoli had been mentioned, but, you know, whatever. Arsenal were linked at one stage, but they've obviously spent a shed load uh, this summer. And I think... Uh, and they've got a who plays in his position. You don't need him. Mm. Exactly. Funny you should mention shed. Maybe we need to get the Abbey in their shed. That's how the last Leverkusen sending worked. <laughs> But yeah, we'll we'll talk about the situation in the main bit. But I think they'll try to get a body in before that the plane takes off. Put it that way. And there are options on the board. Meanwhile, FIFA confirmed their club benefits program payouts, which is essentially compensation for clubs around the world for players involved in the World Cup. I've done a couple of articles on this on myomansaid.com, so look at that for more details. Villa received $834,000, which equates to about, I don't know, £645,000, something like that. But uh, Martinez is the bulk of Villa's payment, so almost half, because he got to the final. He was the only Villa-related player so the most you could get, obviously, if you one of your players got into were in the Argentinian or French team, you would have got three hundred ninety four thousand two hundred fifteen per player. This is Villa actually received three hundred sixty one thousand three hundred sixty five. So we're a bit short by thirty two thousand eight hundred fifty one, and that actually went to Arsenal because there's three stages of registration. You've got if you player is registered for the 2021 season the 21-22 season and then for the club they're registered for when the World Cup starts so this basically covers the qualification period of the World Cup as well so Villa actually bought Martinez it's quite funny because they bought him about five four days after the actual season kicked off so I'm presuming if Villa had got their act together and got him like a week or two earlier, we, we wouldn't have had to let Arsenal uh, get almost the best part of $33,000. But the good news is Grealish was a registered player for the 2021 season and played most of it when he wasn't injured. So uh, we would have got uh, a decent chunk of the money. Uh, most of it would have gone to Manchester City, but we would have made back more than uh, we gave up to Arsenal, that's for sure. We didn't expect we'd be still earning from Grealish uh, after we got a hundred million from, so uh, probably got an extra seventy, eighty thousand dollars there. Meanwhile, over in the Americas, Leon Bailey and Jamaica made decent progress, but got beat three nil in the Gold Cup by Mexico. At least he didn't get injured. That's the main. And he'll come back fairly match fit, won't he? As well, which would be good. Give him a, you know a week or two, and then he'll join the I'd, join up with a club in America. Yeah, I don't think he'll he okay. come back, will he? he will, no, I think he'll stay out there and go directly there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Villa did play their first preseason game uh, at the Bascot, uh, a one-all draw, mixture of uh, youth and uh, I would say a dottering of uh, regulars. Yeah, regulars. And next week they will leave uh, to go to play their three games in the states and have their proper summer camp. Meanwhile, Villa women have signed uh, after two loan spells from Arsenal, uh, Anna Patton. 
So they've made a couple of defensive reinforcements there. Well, they really, you know, patterns are you know, it's the same as last season, really, since it's just turning a loan into a permanent. And in other miscellaneous news, are all referees Villa's nemesis? I, I, I kind of, the names change, but it's the same outcome, isn't it? But <laughs> yeah. uh, Mike mm-hmm. Dean, because he, he retired on the pitch, didn't he, and went into... PGMOL, yeah. wasn't it, for yeah, a while? Yeah, the VAR, VAR. VAR room, and uh, but he's leaving this summer, isn't he? So the end of him uh, yeah but he's getting he's getting a payday he's going to Sky Sports he's going to Soccer Saturday oh it's not going to be one of these God. farts that gives the referees uh, he's opinion. not doing the Dermot Gallagher gig is he oh, celebrity wanker it's just painful when you hear them uh, sitting on the fence and trying not to go against their buddies rather than give it truthfully anyways three points Luton have already postponed their opening game of the season. That's why they don't need to buy Marvellous Nakemba, probably. <laughs> Obviously, Kenilworth Road needs it's a lot of work doing serious isn't it? upgrades. It's going to cost about ten million, isn't it, just to make it Premier League viable? When they basically claim that they no, they can't guarantee or claim to the Premier League that they can't guarantee the work won't impact the game in the short term. So it's like, just can we move it, please? Which is probably for the best. There's an argument where you say should teams be allowed in the Premier League if they're if they're not ready. I mean, theirs is an awful ground, isn't it, compared to some of the ones that have come up in years gone by? Because they have risen. Uh, I mean, they did drop very I mean, quickly. Luton back in the day. I mean, in the eighties, punching above their weight. Great League Cup final against Arsenal that they won three two. One of the best League Cup finals. Uh, and you thought that was it? They had their day and uh, done and dusted, and they sunk like a stone. But their rise has been pretty amazing. From non league to the Premier League is mental, isn't it? Bolstered by multiple Villa loan deals. Yeah, the mighty yeah. Henry Lansbury, of course. Leading the strings, <laughs> leading the pack. Bree was there as well for a while. Bree's there. Steer hasn't been. Steer there, was he? there and got injured. Yeah, yeah. Steer got injured, as of course. And then obviously, marvelous Nakamba netting a penalty in the shootout. Yeah, at Wembley. he buried it, didn't he? Point number two. This is a bizarre one. The Ireland women's team abandoned their World Cup warm-up game against Colombia because of, uh, I think it's just before the 20th minute, a bit of a crunching tackle. But I don't think it's uh, anything serious on the the Irish player that got... Uh, no, one of their players was, I think it was Patterson. That was they thought should broke shin, but it was, there's yeah. no, no fracture, so it's just bruised. Yeah, so in hindsight, no no permanent damage or anything like that. But the uh, the Irish manager, Vera Pau, it, it seems to be that Dutch managers uh, rule the roost. Uh, obviously, England's managers uh, Dutch as well. Anyway, she said that her players feared for their bodies during Thursday's abandoned friendlies because after 20 minutes, they withdrew from their behind-closed-doors friendly, saying it was over-physical. Now, the Col- Colombians are kind of a bit, they're kind of playing an innocent party as well, and also their fans. I saw some of the comments, I forgot what I was looking at. Uh, it was like some news on it, and there's a lot of Colombian fans. One of them, uh, when I translated it, said, if you fear for your body, get a dog, <laughs> which I was like... So you have to run around a football pitch with a dog. Maybe it's lost in translation. But the Colombian Federation released a statement saying, although all the processes and training of our teams are framed within the rules of the game, healthy competition and fair play, we respect the decision of our rival team. That's being very kind of uh, political, isn't it? Yeah, diplomatic, you would say. Diplomatic is the word I'm looking for. What what do you think about this, Phil? I I expected more from the Irish. You think the Irish would like, oh yeah, you want some, do you? 
Yeah, so happens when you, you go to the, the the south of Ireland. Maybe they're just not as tough when you go across the border. Who knows? Well, come on. They play some, What's that crazy sport that looks like it would kill you if you played it? Hurley. Hurley, yeah. I mean, they play Hurley. They, don't know. I put the blame at the, the feet of the Dutch coach. I don't think the Dutch have, you know, they're not up for it. And also the Colombians. I mean, if it was Uruguay, I would, I would be calling the game off after 10 minutes, never mind 20 <laughs> minutes. But Colombia, it's, you know, they're not that bad, are they? I don't know. The interesting thing is it was behind closed doors at the request of the Colombian Federation because they didn't <laughs> they didn't want anybody else to see their tactics. Premeditated. Yeah, so yeah, there's, uh, there's something going on. If he wasn't going to watch the Women's World Cup... It might be worth tuning into Colombia's group games, at least, to yeah. watch them get banned when they do <laughs> neck-high scissor-kick tackles. Point number three, Japanese forward Kazuyoshi Moroira. Miura. Is that correct? Miura. 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 Aura, aura. Yeah. Maybe the world's oldest professional. Is this one of these, like, they found somebody and he's 125 or something? Not quite. Maybe the world's oldest professional football player, but he is not ready to hang up his boots just yet. And the 56-year-old, known as King Kazoo, extended his loan deal with Portuguese second-tier club Oliverence on uh, Tuesday so oh shit we were bad weren't we getting rid of Ashley Young we should have kept him Yeah, <laughs> he had at least another like 18 years in him mm-hmm. this is going to be one of those Brad Friedel things isn't it where we got rid of Brad Friedel and you know he was still he, he was on that run of consecutive games he went to Spurs and we thought yeah see you later and he kept on playing a few Mental. more seasons in him and we were like oh shit we got rid of him a bit early so if uh, Ashley Young's still playing in five years time and Everton are in Europe we might have dropped a, a bollock there. Well, could I always sign Mura if he's still playing? <laughs> he's, he's probably playing at, he's playing at Wesley's level, isn't he? Sort of like Latin second tier. Right. Uh, before we go on, a big shout out to the My Old Man Said uh, members for supporting the show as per usual. And thanks to those who joined us in Match Club for the uh, Warsaw game. Special thanks to Dom Samways for signing up this week and also Matt. Richings for signing up as an annual member. When you sign up as an annual member, you get uh, 10% off, which is just over a month. And when you're a Mile Manson member, you magically get rid of all the ads and sponsorships and get the podcast in its pure form and get extra shows and membership of the illustrious Match Club. The Utopian smart villa community please do go to myomansaid.com to check out more details on match club and you can also sign up there thank you very much where do you want it to start transfers or uh let's let's start at the best scott shall we that's now chris bud brought me a ticket for this you're welcome by the way and in the last minute, I thought, I can't be asked. It looked like thun- <laughs> thunderstorms. It wasn't too bad in the end, actually. Yeah, they were actually weather held out. Also, I was just thinking, it's going to be the first game of the season where they don't play any hardly anybody. And I'd never had a good memory of the best Scott. And then when you find out that the train situation at the end, where there was no trains back to Birmingham, I just thought, shambolic. Dodged a bullet there, so I, I watched it on the stream as a lot of other people did as well. But obviously, Chris was there. I was. Yeah, well done. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Not one of the uh, the more inspiring trips to the Bescot, should we say? There's been a few where Villa have rattled rattled up a good scoreline in the last few years. Not this one. Yeah, no, no Bailey launching it into the roof of the net, or no, there was well, there was. Cash launching it over the stand. Oh, I see. Mm. Oh, that was. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I reckon that's where the trains were off. 
<laughs> went fucking miles. <laughs> it smashed the driver's window, I think. Yeah, when you saw that, you're like, ah, this is the problem with cash. It's just... Uh, Russia blood. It's kind of symbolic. You know, people go, oh, it's pre first pre-season game, but this is not an isolated incident of poor final ball delivery. I think Emery, if he's had his clipboard and he had his uh, summer transfer list, uh, I mean, there should be a right back on there anyway, because it's kind of funny because on the left-hand side, you've got two players that are really battling it out, and actually, you'd be happy with both of them playing. Yeah. yeah. The right back, you're like, well... Here's somebody who needs the competition because a uh, it'll do him good as well because he will he'll need to really focus and he won't be skying shots like that. Well, B his injury records are not exactly blemish free, is it? Yeah. Anyway, we'll stop the kick in on. Uh, yep. Nash. <laughs> and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The main benefit of going to uh, the Bescot as opposed to watching the game on a stream is you do avoid the commentator coming out of all the you know, the pre-season cliches of uh, minutes in the tank, good workout, which is all else they ever say. But in terms of, I mean, in my book, as well as honing your team, and, and this is Emery's first pre-season, and you've got Torres coming in, and you know his pre-season will obviously uh, start in the States, and if Villa sign any more firepower before they get out there. So it's, it's getting bedding them down. But one of the main things about pre-season is this is the real chance. It's, for the youth players, it's not just a matter of workout and minutes in the bank. This is the chance that you really get to impress because you will get minutes in pre-season games and you'll, the manager ultimately is casting his eye on you and is thinking, do they have a role to play or are we shipping them out of, on loan because they're not ready yet or they'll never be ready? Pretty much. So with yeah, that said, yeah. who realistically has any chance here? I mean, there's going to be a few who will probably have their, not necessarily their place, but their squad position saved because, of course, the Euro, the uh, UEFA situation for having youngsters in the squad. So you look at someone like an Archer, you're going to keep him around really till January. Irobin and probably the same. Let's just clear up the picture because for Europe, for example, the Europa Conference League, you do need eight homegrown players. So 
you're looking at Cash, you're looking at Watkins, Mings, Martinez, players that have basically come through the ranks in this country. Konza as well. So, you know, we're, we're pretty well stacked there. The thing is, a minimum of four of them need to be club-grown. That's where it becomes a little bit more challenging yes. for Villa. So you've got JJ, Ramsey, and you've got Archer. Who, of course, isn't even fit at the moment and probably won't feature in those qualifying games, potentially. We can still sit him on the bench, though, mm-hmm. can't you? True. <laughs> no, but you're talking about registration, though, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably, you know, you've got sort of both your Ramsey brothers, who've obviously played at a good standard. Irobenham's been, been playing in the championship, so's Archer. But... And a, and a young goalkeeper. Aaron uh, Ramsey doesn't have to be listed in that Euro squad no, because, of youth, course, if, you, if you're a youth player under 21, uh, that doesn't count. So you, you can't really uh, say he's not one of the four. So this is uh, the conundrum. Mm. But, you know, your Chambers is all right as well, You can if he's still around. Yep. So in terms of candidates, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at a Robinum who's obviously done well at QPR. And let's, let's, you know, let's talk about, you can put Aaron Ramsey in there as well. Yeah, these guys who've played at a half decent level on loan already. Yeah, these are players that and have been in the championship. Are kind of, you know, relatively ready. Some of them they just look small. But unfortunately, in terms of realistically playing, this is a, a, a position that Villa are well stocked in and just got even yeah, more well stocked. Midfielders, yeah. So you're looking. I mean, Arabian isn't attacking midfielder though, is he? No, I mean he could feature, but you're not gonna. Who would you play him over at the moment? You just got mm-hmm. Tillemans in. That's added more. Yeah. I mean, people like Dendonka, if they're sticking around, they're they're looking for games. Yeah. Uh, and in reality, you know, you're going to probably play in a European game. You're going to play Chambers over him, aren't you? As well, well over Dendonka, over Iropenham. All oh, right, I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, the likes of Dendonka and Chambers will be one of game players. They want game time in the uh, in the group stages, especially. Yeah. So then you're looking at players that the position in the team there's a sort of like a lack of, and that's you've you're filling bit this then if you are wide player. he's the guy for me he's he's got an opportunity yeah and he looks lively is the word you'd use he's certainly quick and he's, he's mm-hmm. kind of a ni- nippy little winger he did well for the penalty actually at, at Bescott. so in terms of a successful pre-season it's like when you, you know you cast your mind back to the peace cup and when we beat Juventus in the final and you know Porto along the way and you saw the emergence of Mark Albright in there and, and that's the, the funny thing is that O'Neill hardly touched him in the league season that followed but then he became uh, a bigger factor the following season but there's there's a path that Philogene actually he has probably the best opportunity because Villa are actually still looking to buy somebody on that right hand side and if he got his act together then he he would have a chance because you you know your manager's thinking oh, actually we don't have to uh meet Leverkusen's silly valuation we can move to other targets because we know we've got a bit of a backup at least not that you'd obviously rely on him for the whole season but there is an no. opportunity there I mean you just look at Albright and they could have played Albright in a season earlier and obviously they could have hold, held on to him, but you know he went off to Leicester and you know he had a really good career. People just laughed. You know there was two camps. One camp, like myself, thought there was always a role at Villa, and then the other camp were saying, uh, "Well, he's not good enough." You know, blow, and he's not good enough for fucking Lambert's limes, by the way. <laughs> and off he trotted to Leicester and won the league, got into the quarterfinals of Champions League, won the FA Cup, Charity Shield, living his best life. Yep. Yep. Sometimes you could be throwing, we've done it before, throwing uh, multiple tens of millions at uh, Leverkusen and not have the courage of our conviction, you know, in our youth. But is Philogene good enough? I, I don't know. It's hard to say, isn't it? When you, you know, it's not like you've seen someone sort of 
you know, racking up goals and assists every week in the championship. A bit like, you know, when we had maybe someone like a Tammy Abraham or those kind of players you think, yeah, they're Premier League ready. Or when Derby had Mason Mount, for example, those guys, they really stood out at that level. Yeah. At the same time, he's sort of, he's getting an education in the, in the championship because he's not mm-hmm. playing at one of the bigger teams. He's playing week in, week out, sort of scrapping with Cardiff. So he, he did get a good write up from the Cardiff fans and then, oh, he's good enough. He goes, I know they're obviously going to say something like that. For me, out of uh, what was on the field, he's the one with the best hope just because of the state of the first team at the moment. There is a pathway there at, as we stand. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, being one of the four homegrowns, you know, that's in his favour as well. It's just, will he see or will he get an indication from Emery that there's no, really is no future, especially if Villa buy big in that position? This is the problem because it's always that that kind of juggling act, isn't it? From having as good a first eleven as possible and you go out and buy players to reinforce that where you're still trying to breed the players through the ranks. I mean, Ramsey has, has had good timing because Villa's midfield wasn't down pat, was it? It was a bit of a problem area uh, up until uh, Emery came into town. Yeah, well, he had his he had his little window, didn't he? And then he had his opportunity and really took it yeah. over a relatively prolonged period, you know, sort of almost before he came, and then really hammered the you know, hammered the advantage home. Now, where you think, yeah, he's a he's a genuinely established first team player now, because which is he difficult. he was coming on, wasn't he, in the championship for Conor Horahan, and you were yeah. thinking, well, we don't kind of kind of get this. And it yeah. did take a while, and then he just popped. We, yeah, we were, you know, as fans, you were thinking, well, what, what's his actual role? Okay, youth, you know, brings a bit of energy when he comes on, but now we see, see. Yeah, you didn't see defined evidence, but obviously behind the scenes, they knew who was a real talent. Yeah. Because everybody has come across him, speaks highly of him, and then he just popped, and then and it was like, got, wow. You know, fans of other clubs sort of talking about him as well, which is always the, you know, the sort of the yeah. must test. Whereas on everyone it, else's radar as well now. And, you know, as well as England under 21s, people are talking about him making the step up as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, you know, Bogard came on in the second half. He played at right back. You think, well, if you've got a backup right back option, he might be one. I don't know how ready he is really. You know, I think the, guy, the guys who've been playing championship football, you'd say the ones who are closest, aren't they? Because they've been playing consistently at a much higher level than a lot of these other younger lads. But at right back, you want somebody to fight with Yeah, well, cash. you want ideally really a, as good, if not slightly better, ideally. I mean, there is an argument, if nobody's lined up, then why not give Young that extra because obviously he, you know he, he's still on a, at a level that Everton would uh, pick yeah, him up yeah but it's it was kind of a strange one you think if Villa were letting him go it would suggest that surely you're bringing somebody in or you think you've got your solution somewhere within the squad which I'm not I'm not sure about that but maybe I'm wrong yeah I mean I, I have no problem with him going but you know 38 you think well yeah you, you've got to time it sometimes mm-hmm. and we're in a different ballpark now than Everton for example they're They've, they've got a so, consolidation yeah. season. It's a big consolidation season. While we're we're trying to have a pop at the top four and win something, uh, and the Conference League is yeah. the best yeah, yeah. chance of that. But yeah, apart from that, I mean, I mean, the highlight has to be Watkins actually scoring a penalty. Yeah, relatively uh, with a plum as well. It was a, a well yeah. put away with, with technique. He knew where he was putting it. Yeah, yeah. In terms of big picture. Like going forwards, uh, what, I mean, what's his record up until then again? Just to remind the listeners, before that one, he had taken nine and he had missed five. Oh, yeah, good which Lord. is which is ridiculous. Not good enough for an international striker. Yeah, exactly. It kind of does mirror a little bit of people's confidence in him. 
because he, he's more likely to score a goal when he's chasing off with two defenders and he's and they're neck and neck. Sometimes yeah. he finds a way to get to there. But if he's clean through one on one with time, with mm. time, then there's a problem. You're not confident as a as a supporter. And this is a thing. But you know, people say they compare Archer with him and they say, well, you know, Archer's a bit, you know, better instinctive finisher through Archer's exploits in the championship. But then you you know you look at Watkins last season in the championship after he switched from winger to uh, centre forward he scored 25 goals league goals so I mean that for me is more consistent than what Ar- Archer's done so you, it's a strange argument because as a, as a Villa fan in the Premier League you, even though he, he puts the goals in 15 last season 11 before 14 before that you could see him easily getting to 20 in the Premier League because of the chances he didn't score yeah. But the thing is, you know, he had no problem scoring in the championship. So it, it, that could apply to Archer as well. It might be a different level for him as well. So it's not he's not like a banker. But I think Archer, because of that quota and the amount of games in the Conference League, if he impresses Emery in the USA, then he should be in and amongst it. Yeah, especially as someone like Duran, you'd say, is not a, a shooting at the moment. Well, people forget about Duran. He's like 19. He's essentially so used Archer is ahead of him in his development. Yeah. Really, people have been downplaying Duran and, and kind of writing him off already, saying he's, he's clumsy, etc. But it's like, hang on a minute. I think somebody compared him to uh, Keenan Davis as well. Oh come on! Only a blind man would make a comparison. Keenan Davis, very good hold-up and actually technically quite good, but had no predatory instinct. Didn't have that fire in his belly. Now, Duran's got that fire in his belly because as soon as he comes on, you know something's going to happen. Somebody's going to get elbowed in the face or uh, you know, it's going to be <laughs> a, a, foot in on them or a bullet shot that snaps the bar or something. But, you know, this is somebody who's 19, for God's sake, and he's still in development. You can, you know, season difference at that age, it can be quite transformative. And by the way, he, he dropped into Villa. He hasn't had a proper summer preseason as well. Uh, in terms of, we mentioned it in the Villa News, in terms of this transfer, this is another one of those. That there's always one that takes Villa Twitterati by the, the scruff of the neck and drags them to places where they seem to thrive, like 2 a.m. researching flights of private jets and things like that and making up scenarios that suggest that oh, this is the player coming in you know coming to fly in and uh, the whole Musa Diaby situation seems to be he wants to come Villa want him but it's Leverkusen who are looking for a big cash grab here I mean they got one off Leon Bailey these players are they kind of have one or two seasons and then suddenly there's these massive prices on the top of the head now, I mean, there's been a laws of diminishing returns with about Diabig because he he scored 13 goals and had 12 assists the season before last, and that was the one where people were, you know, Newcastle were throffing at the mouth and, and following him very closely. But last season, he actually had the same amount of goals, nine and assists, eight as Leon Bailey did when in his final season for Leverkusen before Villa moved in. Now, is that a cautionary tale? I mean, uh, I th- we were speaking before the show, and Phil said like to see him off the ball because he is five foot seven. So is he somebody who's quite tenacious off the ball like uh, Emmy Buendia? Or is he somebody that, because people give Bailey crap for, you know, not tracking back. He has a, a, a look and a feel the way he plays, just from the bits that I've seen of someone like a Saido Mane, who's kind of a, lot, a little bit more naturally energetic than Bailey. Bailey's sort of yeah. like, get your head down and quick, but he's not 
nippy on the half turn or anything. This guy looks a little bit more tricky. Well, he's more explosive. More explosive. Yeah. And, I, and I think you're, you're going to get a bit more, literally, bang for your buck. He has more pace as well in terms of, it's kind of like turned he's on. That, he's got that next gear that Bailey, we thought he had, but actually it turns out he doesn't really. He's quick, but he's not, this guy looks properly quick. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he seems to be on is his default setting. Bailey needs to be flicked on. The switch yeah, needs mm-hmm, to be flicked great. on. But, I mean, I'm sorry, but uh, 50, 60 million euros is what Lather Kuzin or... I mean, it's, it's interesting because you see Sky Sports saying, yeah, Villa have made an offer of 45 and 46, 46 and, he, and I'm thinking that. I'm sorry, but logic suggests no, they haven't. They wouldn't be throwing silly money at him. You get your Romanos of this world saying it's sort of mid-30s, and you go, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. still over what you'd expect an opening bid, but it's more in the realistic ballpark, and if there's inflation on top of what we paid for Bailey, then that's probably around the ballpark. And I don't think Villa want to go much higher, put it that way. And the smell of that, suddenly the only competitor... Is set in Saudi Arabia, and it's like are clubs now using that bit of leverage, to, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To basically try to get bids up by saying, "Oh yeah, the Saudis want him." That it's player just... will not go to Saudi Arabia. No chance, unless he's going to be loaned to Newcastle uh, <laughs> <laughs> a couple of months later yeah. or a month later. Unless it's an FFP dodge, it could be one that just trundles on for a little while. This one, but because I think Villa will turn away from this. Yes, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If it, if leave the and do play that silly buggers price valuation, they'll go well. Yeah, sorry. But well, if you if you're playing your sort of your money ball game properly, you know where your exactly yeah, your, yeah. your valuation bang for buck lies. You think oh, actually he's not good enough for us to pay that much more when we can get X, Y, or Z or improve what we have sort of thing. Yeah, because the last thing you want is like a yeah, Emery's probably worse than in English football when he was at Arsenal. He signed Nicolas Pepe for what seventy odd million. Yeah, especially on a on a wide player, which is you know maverick hit or miss. I mean, there's certain players that are, let's say Declan Rice, where you're going, that's that's crazy money. That's stupid money. But you know, if you get Declan Rice, your team improves 100%. It's like a banker. This chap isn't. And the the translation from Germany to the Premier League isn't always great because the the pace of the game and the intensity just isn't the same. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I mean, this dream price mark of 50 to 60 million euros i wouldn't even go there i'd say yeah good luck with your saudi offer your supposed saudi offer well if you're realistic in those sort of numbers you think you just go and get a harvey barnes who's english and premier league ready probably for cheaper yeah but i think newcastle uh, Do you know i mean though when you think really about- interesting you would actually get into a proper bidding war with a team that actually wants it you, uh, you know just in terms of like you know bang for buck when you think madison's gone for 40 and you've got a guy who's done nothing in the premier league and they want him some of it, the number, these numbers just don't add up to me, but yeah, because oh well. I think this this is a guy that is of interest to cl- many clubs at a certain price yeah. range, but at the price range lay the Cousin are looking at, nobody's interested. So that's why Villa have nipped in here. Leverkusen have put other clubs off. So are we going to pay that little bit extra? But we're not going to pay the amount they were asking because that's put us off as well. But there's a chance here. There's a, let's say, a corridor of opportunity. <laughs> so it's that, that's it's going to be, they don't want to pay what Leverkusen want, but how close will Leverkusen, you know, accept 
to what Villa's valuation is? Because I think Villa would don't want to be fannying around with what is a key position and, you know, close to the end of the transfer window when Leather Cousin will have a, a dose of reality. So I don't think Villa are going to play that time game with this one because I think it's a position they want sorting out SAP. That's just my take. Anyway. Yeah, well, it's one that's been needed. That's what we said, you know, at the end of last season. What do you need for next season? You need a wide player, you need a right back, and you need a sub goalkeeper. Yeah. We haven't got any of them yet. Yeah, but we've actually bought players in positions that actually you weren't that bothered if we didn't get a player in that position. They weren't exactly top of the list. But what it does do is it gives you that squad depth for the, the European campaign and makes you injury resistant to a certain point as well in those positions. In terms of the bigger picture, which does involve trying to win that Europa Conference League. I mean, it looks like we still haven't had confirmation yet, but it looks very much like Juventus are out. And that's the big fish out of the picture, isn't it? Yeah, then you're potentially looking at Athletic, Bilbao and Eintracht Frankfurt. Yeah, and teams like sort of Basel, Fiorentina and, and some of these sort of what you call the lower level teams who've had a little bit of a sniff in the Champions League. If Galatasaray are in there, you'd think they might fancy their chances to have a bit of a yeah, run. I think it's Fenerbahce. Sorry, Fenerbahce, isn't yeah. it? Those, you know, those those sort of away trips to Turkey always tend to be quite difficult. But what what it would be, it would be, I think that tournament with that Juventus would be in Villa's hands because they're a Premier League team. The amount of money they've spent, and they have a manager who wins these things, so it it would be in their hands as opposed to well, as better teams. If we turn up on the night, we might you know we might beat them. We would probably start in most games favourites. You would think. And also, I think there's maybe, you know, without wanting to get too far ahead of ourselves, I think if you were in the, you know, if you've got through that group phase come the January transfer window, I think you'd find the owners becoming a little bit more ambitious and going, do you know what? What do you need to give this a real crack? Oh, no, I, I think they, they want to win that straight away. Yeah. You look at, I mean, look at fucking West Ham, they won it. There's a reason why. Yeah. Because this is the only tournament we're going to enter this season that hasn't got Manchester City in it, that hasn't got Manchester United in it, hasn't got Arsenal, Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Etc. I'm not going to name anybody else because they're the only four I think that present a, a challenge to us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I've dismissed Spurs and Chelsea off the bat, and I think Newcastle, although obviously they're on a different planet now, they are will be focusing on the Champions League. I would say that's become a little argument there, which they're trying to stake the whole uh, fake Newcastle Villa rivalries who's going to finish higher next season but it genuinely is an interesting conversation because I think they have reasonably similar squads I mean the strengths and weaknesses in both over each other and you've both got the distraction of the European competition but in Newcastle's terms they have to play a stronger team don't they to progress yeah. and yeah. carry on Villa could probably get through the group stage by taking the piss a bit <laughs> although it always goes wrong when we play a weakened team we've, yes we've well, noticed I think, I, this I, I think <laughs> you with someone like Emery you, you've probably got a guy who knows how to manage the yeah. group stage in terms of you, you know you go with your heavy hitters as early as you can you try and get the job done like West Ham did you because you want to win the group in terms of how the next phase of the competition works yeah if you can and Ideally, you, you end up with sort of potentially two dead rubber games. Yeah, unfortunately, nobody told Martin O'Neill. That's the thing, you've got to win the group because that was the mistake O'Neill did. He won the first two games, Ajax. And in Prague. And in Prague, and then took his foot off the gas, changed the teams. We ended up scraping through. We even got beat by Zilner after that Hamburg farce and scraped through as one of the third place best teams. Yeah, yeah. So going back to the original situation, there's an advantage over Newcastle in that respect. But 
there is that problem that if we don't get the bodies in, and I'm talking about this right-hand side forward, and you know you need a little bit of luck with injuries. I think in midfield, obviously centre back. I think we're covered there. Definitely up, definitely up front as things stand. I would say. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. If Watkins is uh, in, and there's a lot on Watkins' shoulders. I think more so than most of the players in the team. Because if he gets injured, the whole thing can come unraveled pretty quickly potentially yeah in terms of league position in terms of where we, what we do in the the Europa Conference League so that is a, a situation where you're thinking we, we spoke about this on the last pod is like the attraction of somebody else coming in in a where in a team that plays one forward is tricky you, you, you hope for the hybrid player but you know people say oh Bailey can fill in uh, if anything happens to Watkins but would you want to rely on Bailey as your as your striker not to lead the line not no. to lead the line it's a different dynamic so that is the uh, the hardest bit of the the puzzle. One of the puzzles is who's going to be our starting centre back pairing, and will the backup pairing that might play the early stages in Europe and the League Cup will they be sound enough to not go into games like we do in the League Cup against, you know, in the FA Cup against Stevenage and uh, crumble weirdly? Well, basically they're not playing as motivated as they should be. Really, they're not on it. We will end with uh, medium muppets. <laughs> Right, Phil, quick, what is the media Muppet activity of the week? Well, this week it's Robbie Fowler, who's been defending anyone who works in Saudi Arabia in the Daily Mirror, especially Jordan Henderson. Fowler said in a lengthy column, I've already got a job in Saudi football. I don't understand the Jordan Henderson outrage. Well, Robbie, I'll, I'll give you a reason. Jordan Henderson has reportedly agreed to join Stephen Jarrett at El Etifak for £700,000 per week. But it's, it's not the money that's the critique, Robbie. Henderson previously was very vocal in his support in the media for LGBTQ issues. In 2019, he told The Athletic, the idea that anyone I love and care about wouldn't feel safe or comfortable coming to watch me play if they were part of the LGBT community makes me wonder what sort of world we live in. Well, Liverpool's official group, um, Cop Outs, said Cop Outs have valued the allyship shown by Jordan Henderson, but we're appalled and concerned that anyone might consider working for a sports washing operation for a regime where women and LGBTQ plus people are oppressed and that regularly tops the world death sentence table. But if the move goes through, I'm sure we'll see Henderson's reasoning for it. Maybe all 700,000 of the reasons for it. Hmm. In all seriousness, though, it's it's kind of fuck off money isn't it to morality it's just crazy isn't it to- it's like unless you're offered it it's hard to it's not as if he's short a pound or two is he well yeah but this is different level money isn't it it's like he's like set up really set yourself up generations of family yeah. and all that yeah. kind of stuff and it's easy for people to box tick and easy to uh, to come out and because you're told to support to LGBTQ and, 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 and any any cause for that matter because you're being paid by the club to do that and, and but to really mean it then that's when the money test comes. He he was so vocal about it, and he was you know rightly applauded for it. He was seen as the the as even during the the lockdown period, Henderson was seen as like the leader of the captains group of the Premier League clubs. That is a good point actually, because you actually believed him. Yeah, this really leaves sort of like a, a bad taste that he's. I mean, fair enough, his career at Liverpool might be over and he might be dropping down, but there's there's still a player there. He would still earn good money in the Premier League. Milner's went to Brighton, so Henderson could easily get a Premier League job. Right, the American trip next. Late night matches. Hmm. Midnight matches. Now we know how the, everybody else feels, uh, our international fan base feels. You know, the novelty is quite good. It's not the, It's not as if it's the first time Villa have played in America. 
No. Will I be watching these games in bed? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll start with the Newcastle one. We'll see see how the novelty uh, wears and see off. what the you know, the actual the scope for viewing is in terms of who's actually showing these games. Well, the games are going to be on Sky. Great to answer that question. One thing I did want to say in the the Villa news is I don't know if. Amazon have officially announced it, but in terms of the games they get over the Christmas period, Villa's two Amazon Prime games seem to be the Manchester games against City and United. Okay. Which, if you're an Amazon Prime member, is quite a good haul. If you're not an Amazon Prime member, just wait till December and then start a 30-day trial. Ha, yeah. But uh, I'll give you a reminder of that uh, when it comes to December. Right, off we trot. Until next time, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.